This is an AMI podcast. I'm Kelly McDonald. I'm Ramia Amadin, and this is Kelly and Ramia. AEBC and Partners present the 6th International Day of Persons with Disabilities Conference, Empowering Ourselves, Thriving in This New Reality, December 3rd, and this starts at uh, 1 p.m. Eastern Time, ladies and gentlemen. It's a virtual Zoom meeting, and the goal for this year's conference is to share messages to motivate and empower and thrive. This virtual conference will be available to all and, of course, accessible and will feature uh, ASL interpreters and real lifetime captioning featuring guest speaker Michael Gotthill, uh, Accessibility Commissioner, among others. AMI will be broadcasting this event live with uh, co-host Joita Gutta. Registration is free and available on Eventbrite. Registered, uh, register via email or request accommodations by emailing at aebctoronto.com. Ramya Muthan and Kelly McDonald, hosts of the program. All right. Well, every other Wednesday, it seems like we have a lot of bi-weekly segments today, uh, but we'd like to chat with Grant Hardy. He brings us What in the World, and this is a pretty fun gig because we flip through quirky stories from around the globe. And what what do you promise us in these segments, Grant? Do you promise some non-heavy <laughs> conversations? I promise some non-heavy conversation and also uh-huh. some truly mind-boggling oh, stories. Great. Now, yeah. we've shared the word. Um, it's already been shared once today, so I'm glad that we're spreading <laughs> the joy of mind-boggling throughout the channel. Indeed. Indeed. All right, what do you have for us? Okay, let's see. I don't think you could put the word mind-boggling on a Scrabble board. I feel like that could not happen. However, the Too many Scrabble addiction. Hmm? Too many G's to Scrabble. Too many, yes, yeah. Okay. Uh, however, if you play cutthroat Scrabble, and my partner definitely plays cutthroat Scrabble. She knows some words I have never even heard of. Uh, make sure you check out the word update. The latest official Scrabble Players Dictionary has 500 new words and includes some shorthands like walk, trademarks like dumpster, and Nouns turned into verbs like torrented and adulting. The potentially highest scoring new word is bohawk, S-A-U-X-H-A-W-K, a a Mm. haircut similar to a mohawk. Right. Okay. Okay. (laughs) I didn't even know that's how you spelt it. Okay. Cool. Yeah. That's that's the kind of word where I think everyone would be like, you you're cheating. Like, no. And you <laughs> you're creating. Like, you know, you check, <laughs> check, check the dictionary. I'm not making this up. Uh, Jedi, docs, and deep face also made the list. The new words join more than 100,000 words of two to eight letters. The official Scrabble Players Dictionary is the product of a long-standing partnership between game maker Hasbro and dictionary maker Merriam-Webster. So that's pretty cool, huh? And you guys play uh, Scrabble? 
much. I do play Scrabble, but only with strangers. I can't play Scrabble with friends because I don't. I have so much trust issues, man. Like every word I'd be checking in the dictionary, I'd be like, "No, you're totally making that up." Yeah, I'm um, the one that would come up with too many creative spellings here. that make up words yeah. like that. You know, whether yeah, is that right? No, that's not even. And then people find out you really can't spell. Get out of the game. Yeah. And then I'll also just... you start making up your own words. Like whether Scrabble recognizes them or not, you would uh, – I'd start putting in, you know, my urban dictionary of words and uh, it's just – it's going to end up in a fight. So we only play online now. We used to – we used to have a family member. I won't say who it is in case they're listening that would – she would basically like assume that whoever was playing before her was making up a word. And so then she'd be like, okay, well, if you're going to make up a word, I'm going to make up right. a word. So I'm going to put down – exhausting to play with her <laughs> yeah uh, okay yeah okay um scrabble's not for everybody okay you, what else Scrabble's <laughs> not for everyone you know there's a lot of apple and steve jobs memorabilia going around not a lot but a little bit um but recently, someone paid over $200,000 U.S. for something of Steve Jobs, and it wasn't an old Power Mac computer. It wasn't, you know, a signed autographed uh, book, anything like that. It was a pair of secondhand shoes. Someone spent more than 200000 U.S. on a pair of old Birkenstock sandals owned and worn by the late Apple co-founder Steve Jobs, setting a record for the highest price ever paid for a pair of sandals at an auction, according to the auction house. Uh, the tech pioneers brown suede Arizona sandals, which were expected to make only $60,000, sold for this astonishing price at Julianne's auctions, accompanied by an NFT. Prior to the sale, the Californian auction house said the sandals described as well used, but still intact, were a wardrobe staple for Jobs in the 1970s and 80s. Jobs died in 2011 from complications from pancreatic cancer. Uh, on the auction website, it says these sandals retain the imprint of Steve Jobs' feet, <laughs> which has been shaped after years of <laughs> use. The Birkenstock That's were what saved you paid for. By... Paid for his footprints. <laughs> Yeah, they were actually saved from the trash by Mark Schaff, a former house manager oh. to Steve Jobs during one of the tech icon's many clearouts. Wow. <sighs> I, yeah, that's intense. I I don't know. I, I can't run a contest without approving it by marketing, but I am wearing some very nice sweatpants while I'm doing this on. Uh, what in the world segment and i'm wondering if i could have a contest somehow or something where i could get i don't know i'd settle for oh five or ten grand would help me out a lot right <laughs> yeah now. yeah that's not much man yeah no man that's walk around money a little wardrobe setup you're, yeah you're so humble that's what he's um, looking for right that, that's what it'll do yep not much i just can't believe it I had to be rescued like and this was be before he yeah, was famous, right? These Birkenstocks? Yeah. Like, this was before he was the Apple guy. Oh, yeah. That's, oh that's it. Let's keep from the trash. I, <laughs> exactly. I feel like... <laughs> but worth something, Grant, because of who it is. Oh, yeah. It was. 
who they One belong man's to. Trash is another man's treasure. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I feel like my own sweatpants, I'd probably have to actually pay someone to take them away. <sighs> so I, I find this stuff like right. kind of unsettling. I just want to say, you know. It's one thing to have a, a guitar or an actual Apple product, maybe, that's mm. no longer existent. You know, when people were keeping their iPods when they got discontinued, stuff like that. But fishing out the man's old slippers <laughs> sandals from the trash and then, like, calling him a god, basically, and saying, you know, he revolutionized it, so we need his slippers. Like, wow, that is a stretch. No offense to the people who hate Yeah, me. I... <laughs> I, I always get this thing where I'm like, oh, I wish I was rich enough to bid on one of those like old classic Power Mac computers. And then, and then I'm like, wait sure. a second, like voiceover wasn't around in those days. So I wouldn't be able to use it anyway. <laughs> right. Maybe the sandals would be more useful for me. I love wearing sandals in the summer. Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, uh, let's move on to the world of journalism, something you guys are very familiar with. Uh, baby elephant interrupts tv reporters broadcast <laughs> this already sounds cute especially after our <laughs> daniel john john it. kind segment this week yeah it's already funny we can end the story right there um a kenyan journalist may be thinking twice about his interviewee choices after he was interrupted by a nosy baby elephant <laughs> journalist alvin konda was in Nairobi, Kenya, when he was attempting to report on the Sheldrick Wildlife Trust Rehabilitation Center for Orphaned Baby Elephants. While reporting on the challenges these baby elephants have endured at the hands of human impact on their environment, one of the calves standing behind him had something to add to the report. The video shows Honda trying to keep a straight face to the camera when while one elephant tries to push him away, and another uses its trunk to tickle the reporter in the face. At this point, Conda couldn't contain himself and burst out laughing while the elephant bashfully looked away. He said, at first I felt the elephant trunk's contact on my back, but decided to keep going because I was doing my almost 10th take of my piece to camera. We know all about that. It's like, oh, nothing for is sure. stop us. No, we don't. What are you talking about? We're one takers. Stand up, man. <laughs> Stand up, Grant, and sit there and deliver while everybody's watching you, and you hear people, who's this guy? What's he doing? What's this about? Who are they filming with, right? While you're trying to get out, welcome to... <laughs> yeah. I wasn't going to let anything stop me, he says, until the baby <laughs> elephant stuck its trunk in my mouth. Condor <laughs> said it had been the first time at the organization and didn't expect to be that close to the <laughs> elephant. Well, they're, they've suffered from us. They're just trying to give us a little bit of... Well, you know how, how they talk really? always about the photo bombing. <laughs> Ah, that's real. Like that's uh, you know, like showing off their trunk and saying, "Look, uh, we're just going to move you over here. Think the lighting's better here for your 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 uh, what do they call it, Grant? The golden shot, you know, where they want they want that the, the amazing amazing shot where right. hey, look, he's right there, and the elephants are hugging him, embracing that wow shot. Yeah. <laughs> 
a little more than that, though. Okay. I love this kind of stuff. It's I so cute. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, and it, you, you yeah. place the poor reporter somewhere, and you say, it looks good. The background's yeah. great, and everything like that, and you've got the elephants around you, and all that, and the elephants are, would you please move along? Mm-hmm. And I know it's it's such a, um, oh, if I bring up the show, people are going to get upset, so sorry. But one of the things <laughs> that sticks in my mind about the Joe Exotic uh, Tiger King stuff. Was it called Tiger King? Anyways, yeah, that that show was all the scenes with the tigers, like the baby tigers and the big tigers, and people would be having such serious conversations to camera and, you know, spewing their nonsense. And these cat, these uh, tigers in the background just doing their own thing. I I loved it. <laughs> That's what I remember the show. Uh, about. Pretty great. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I want to move on and talk about I, I want to be clear that I'm not making fun or shaming anyone for doing this. It's just more kind of the, 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 the depth of what people are going through. Mm-hmm. Would you have your legs broken to make yourself taller? Not well, me. It turns out, mm-hmm. <laughs> not me, although mm-hmm. I would like to be a couple inches taller, but it turns out there are actually a lot of men who would. Now, there's an operation which is a remarkable feat of medical engineering, and it's not for the squeamish. Techniques and devices vary, but basically you can use nails or rods similar to uh, those that have long been employed to stabilize bad fractures. But when you drill out the marrow cavity of the bone and drive in the nail, you also intentionally break the bone in half the clever bit comes after the operation itself. A handheld device positioned against the leg at home creates a magnetic field. This activates a magnetic screwing mechanism inside the nail, which is telescopic at a typical rate of a millimeter per day spread across three or four activations of a few minutes each. The nail pulls the two sections of bone apart, and the body actually makes new bone tissue to bridge the growing gap. This Prevention process lasts several weeks and involves a period of relative immobility, sometimes necessitating time in a wheelchair and months of physiotherapy to help the muscles adapt. Adapt, But once it's complete, the nail can be removed, you've got new bone, and you can actually be a few inches longer. But people are really questioning this because it's a lot of maybe more vulnerable or, or people who aren't confident about their bodies Mm -hmm. that are getting this done and it's being done for cash. Uh, So from, for orthopedic surgeons. So most ethical people, it seems like are advising people not to get this done purely for cosmetic reasons. Wow. Isn't that something? Even the time that you're healing, the other health things you have to think about. It's like, you know, astronauts going uh, into space, spending time coming back to earth. It takes them ages for the body to to adapt back, and they're learning as yep. time goes on things that are permanent changes that may not be so positive down the road whatsoever as they grow older. Um, and and you look at something like this, and I, I, I you know, again, Grant, your reasoning, like they say, for people with um, a poor self image, 
um, and, and feeling they need to do this kind of thing. It's that time, whether it's sitting in, in the wheelchair, somebody, you know, and, and having that physiotherapy and everything like that, because you, you can't be messing around um, without having those supports for exercise, for making sure to monitor how those legs are coming back together, I'm assuming. But again, it's so hard when you hear this stuff because we don't know. We're, we're not health professionals that know exactly what this does and, and the theory behind it and the, the healing process. And, and, and maybe some of them would say, no, you're over-worrying. The hardest part is just that time being immobile. I, I don't know. I don't know. Well, maybe the hardest part is not having it done. You know, like the thing is, this is all insecurity based, right? People's insecurities about uh, their experiences being shorter or other kinds of um, body insecurities. And they're saying, I'd rather go through all this and more to get rid of that part of me uh, or to change that part of me than to not. And that part of it is very upsetting. It's... It's upsetting, um, but I guess some people in that position would say, well, listen, if you're fairly obese and you know health-wise you need to do this and that. And that's the thing, right? Health concerns. Yeah, a health concern to me being, you know, overweight in that sense and worried about the strain on your body versus being a little taller because you feel... Because because no no one wants you on on the dating scene. That's what this was prompted by, right? Mm. Or like one of the big Mm. things that was... That's correct. That's correct. And it's, it's... you know, it's it's true because we've spent our whole lives being told, see, here I am getting not as light as I should be getting, but, you know, here we are being told you're too short, you're too overweight, you're too this, you're too that. Um, but it's it's very true. Like one of the gentlemen who, who went through all this was talking about, look, I know the thing that oh, all, women only date men that are tall is not true. Um, yep. However, if you are shorter... Um, and, and I know this is, I think I'm just average height, just average, maybe like an inch below average height or half an inch. And, and I know that, you know, dating sites do heavily prioritize height, maybe in a way discriminate against height. And, you know, is, it's not something we should worry about, but when have we been able to control our feelings and what we worry about and what we don't worry about? Exactly, Grant. Thank you for bringing these to us. I know we got a little heavy at the end, but still amazing articles. Thank you so much. And we'll chat with you uh, later on this week. All right. Sounds great, guys. Have a good rest of your show. Grant Hardy on What in the World Today, and he'll be back Friday uh, for Lifestyle. And we put a wrap on the program in two minutes here on Kelly and Company. Join me every couple weeks for the Outdoors with Lawrence Gunther podcast, where we learn about outdoor tech and tips. Plus, we look at news affecting the environment. AMI's Outdoors with Lawrence Gunther is available from your favorite podcast provider.